0: Welcome to the Spirit Spot. My name is Raina Shea Broussard, and it is my hope to help guide you into your Spirit Spot, even if just for a few moments out of your day. I invite you to set aside whatever you may have in front of you and settle into your seat if you're able. We'll start with three conscious breaths. Breathe in through your nose slowly, evenly, deeply filling your belly and breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. breathe out. Our touchstone for today is incarnation. The reading today suggests that our entire world, our entire universe, is the incarnation of one creative spirit. Our reading today comes from THE UNIVERSAL CHRIST by Richard Rohr most of the perennial traditions have offered explanations and they usually go something like this everything that exists in material form is the offspring of some primal source which originally existed only as spirit this infinite primal source somehow poured itself into finite, visible forms, creating everything from rocks to water, plants, organisms, animals, and human beings, everything that we see with our eyes. This self-disclosure of whomever you call God into physical creation was the first incarnation, long before the personal second incarnation that Christians believe happened with Jesus. I want to suggest that the first incarnation was the moment described in Genesis 1, when God joined in unity with the physical universe and became the light inside of everything. Everything visible without exception is the outpouring of God. What else could it really be? Christ is a word for the primordial template, Logos, through whom all things came into being, and not one thing had its being except through him. We daringly believe that God's presence was poured into a single human being so that humanity and divinity can be seen to be operating as one in him and therefore in us. But instead of saying that God came into the world through Jesus, maybe it would be better to say that Jesus came out of an already Christ-soaked world. The second incarnation flowed out of the first, out of God's loving union with physical creation. When I know that the world around me is both the hiding place and the revelation of God, I can no longer make a significant distinction between the natural and the supernatural, between the holy and the profane. Everything I see and know is indeed one, universe, revolving around one coherent center. This divine presence seeks connection and communion, not separation or division, except for the sake of an even deeper future union. What a difference this makes in the way I walk through the world, in how I encounter every person I see in the course of my day. It is as though everything that seemed disappointing and fallen, all the major pushbacks against the flow of history, can now be seen as one whole movement, still enchanted and made use of by God's love. All of it must somehow be usable and filled with potency even the things that appear as betrayals or crucifixions. Why else and how else could we love this world? Nothing and no one needs to be excluded. But God loves things by becoming them. God loves things by uniting with them, not by excluding them. Through the act of creation— God manifested the eternally outflowing Divine Presence into the physical and material world. Ordinary matter is the hiding place for spirit, and thus the very body of God. Honestly, what else could it be if we believe, as Orthodox Jews, Christians and Muslims do, that one God created all things? Since the very beginning of time, God's Spirit has been revealing its glory and goodness through the physical creation. So many of the Psalms already assert this, speaking of rivers clapping their hands and mountains singing for joy. When Paul wrote, There is only Christ, He is everything and He is in everything, was he a naive pantheist? Or did he really understand the full implication of the gospel of incarnation? God seems to have chosen to manifest the invisible in what we call the visible, so that all things visible are the revelation of God's endlessly diffusive spiritual energy. Once a person recognizes that, it is hard to ever be lonely. In this world again. Numerous scriptures make it very clear that this Christ has existed from the beginning. So the Christ cannot be coterminous with Jesus, but by attaching the word Christ to Jesus as if it were his last name, instead of a means by which God's presence has enchanted all matter throughout all of history, Christians got pretty sloppy in their thinking. Our faith became a competitive theology with various parochial theories of salvation instead of a universal cosmology inside of which all can live with an inherent dignity. Right now, perhaps more than ever, we need a God as big as the still expanding universe or educated people will continue to think of God as a mere add-on to a world that is already awesome, beautiful, and worthy of praise in itself. Without a sense of the inherent sacredness of the world, of every tiny bit of life and death, we struggle to see God in our own reality, let alone to respect reality, protect it or love it, The consequences of this ignorance are all around us, seen in the way we have exploited and damaged our fellow human beings, the dear animals, the web of growing things, the land, the waters, and the very air. Christ is a good and simple metaphor for absolute wholeness, complete incarnation, and the integrity of creation. Jesus is the archetypal human just like us, who showed us what the full human might look like if we could fully live into it. Frankly, Jesus came to show us how to be human much more than how to be spiritual, and the process still seems to be in its early stages. Again, our touchstone for today is incarnation. I invite you to pause throughout your day for three conscious breaths and to reflect on every aspect of our world as the incarnation of the sacred. And may you create a great day.